Hi, welcome. I'm Andy Johnson and this is Three Seconds Ahead, where we get the opportunity to meet and learn from uh, ordinary people with extraordinary stories. Uh, my guest today is James Delaney, who describes himself as a contemporary artist working in print, charcoal, paint, photography and sculpture. He works from his studio in Victoria Yards in Johannesburg in South Africa, which is a beautiful place to visit and I'd encourage you to go there. His work's been shown in over 50 group and solo exhibitions in SA, USA, England, France, and he's been doing this for 20 years. James, in my experience, is a kind and caring person, and there's no better illustration of this than his commitment to the wilds. And James, I'm embarrassed to say that I haven't been there since you've been working on it, but I intend to be No there. ways, Andy, that's uh, ridiculous. Uh, welcome to Three <laughs> Seconds Ahead. Thanks, Andy, nice to join you. Great stuff. So, so James, I um, always ask my guests this question because it gives you an opportunity to fill in any gaps for those people who may not know you. So, um, James, where does your story begin? The beginning of my life was in Cape Town. I was born there. Yeah. And then I lived as a kid in England and back in Joburg and then school in Grahamstown, which is how I met you and your brother and varsity in Cape Town. Um, yeah, so it's kind of like around and about quite a bit. And then after varsity, I went and worked in Germany, hung around in England for a bit and then came back here. and been oh. back in Joburg since then. So you've, you've traveled around a lot and right from a, from a really young age. So you've experienced a lot of um, change or transition in your life. I'm curious to find out, Germany, what were you doing there? Oh, I, just, I got a job as an intern after varsity doing a random job um, <laughs> where I didn't do much work, but I was located in Munich, which was perfect for exploring a new continent uh, as see. a guy. So I just basically traveled everywhere and um, somebody paid me. Oh, that's, that's helpful. Yeah. Well done for doing that. Um, but James, did it have anything to do with um, art and creativity, the world that you find yourself in at, uh, now? Uh, what, what do you mean about the world now? Um, your, your work that you did in Germany, did it have anything to do with the art and the world that you find oh, yourself no. in now? So, no, I studied marketing at Varsity and it was a marketing job and I thought I'd go and be responsible and get like a nine to five and have a career and things. Um, yes. So I did that and then I got recruited back to Joburg to work for an ad agency here mm -hmm. um, and I came back and I did that and I that job lasted 11 and a half months and that was the only job that I ever had working <laughs> for somebody else. Um, yeah, I, I didn't really enjoy selling my time to someone else and I, and I really missed freedom um, and after a while I started to yearn to be really creative again and to be an artist and so a couple of years after that I kind of came back mm -hmm. to the art world which I'd kind of left after school um, and I started again. That, uh, so, so it sounds to me from what you're saying is, is that you'd always been interested in art you went down the what can be called sort of a very common pathway where you thought a responsible job, you'd work for someone, nine to five, lovely career, um, did that for a while and that um, motivated you or gave you the chance to travel around. That was Munich, Germany and, and other places. 
Then you came back to Joburg and for 11 months you worked in an ad agency and then you said something really profound and I'm quite curious to explore that further is that you had a yearning for freedom. And, and what does freedom mean to you? Freedom for me means being able to decide where, what to do with my own time. Uh-huh. I've got no issue working, I work hard, I've got various things on the go all the time, um, but I've never liked being told what to do. And what I found in that job is that I was given something to do, which I could finish in a really short space of time. And, um, and then I had to stick there and do nothing. So then I started working on the side. I've always enjoyed wildlife and conservation. And, mm-hmm. and that's, I started moonlighting, um, working on Valkofonden Game Reserve in the mm-hmm. Waterberg when that was set up. So I had another office in the building across the road. So I'd flip out at lunchtime and then go to that office and go and do like <laughs> drawings of the game reserve and some creative stuff and then hop back into the other job in the afternoon. Um, yeah, I just wasn't really built for keeping to those kind of rules. Uh, I mean, it's, uh, that's clear. The fact that you held down two jobs and moonlighted during the day, it wasn't even like work during the day and work, at n- work during the day and then work at night. You kind of did it at the same time. I'm, that's very impressive. But um, so then you, you now defined your freedom. You realized that being told what to do wasn't um, something that you could do for the rest of your days. You really wanted to explore creativity. The transition from the nine to five, to a world of being responsible to yourself and for yourself, was that difficult for you? And, and, and if so, why? Yeah, it is difficult. I mean, anybody who has illusions that it isn't is, 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 is just isn't right. Um, when you're responsible for your own livelihood um, in a world which is changing so quickly, mm-hmm. um, you know, you all know the same. It's, yeah, it's, it's really challenging. Um, and, you know, I've got to evolve how I earn my income, the kind of art that I'm making, the other things that I'm involved in um, all the time, because I've got to think a step ahead of how I'm going to sustain myself. Um, and going from a well-paid advertising job into kind of, I didn't know what I was going to do. I kind of just wanted to get out and explore. Mm-hmm. Um, was tough. Um, so I moved back in with my parents for a bit, um, so I didn't have two, two big bills and, um, and I just went out and, and, and found work, um, consulting and, um, doing all kinds of stuff in, in tourism and things which interested me, um, ended up living in the low field for a little while, um, did lots of travel in between. So whenever I had extra money, then I blew that on travel and I've <laughs> been all over the world. Yeah. Um, that, priority for me um but i think that this the sense of of not being able to be complacent still remains with me that you just can't just sit back and wait um got to get out there and and um find clients find a livelihood find interesting things to do um so it's exciting on one side and the other side it's really stressful um i don't mind the stress part of it but for Mm -hmm. some people it's really yeah i think as the the world is going at the moment that's becoming more of a reality for more people yes Um, and we embrace that stress and and use our heads to get out of it um move beyond it 
Yeah, I think that's quite an interesting point that you've raised. And it's, it's really why I started this process uh, of talking to people and learning from them is this, whole, this, this massive change, the sort of rip in the matrix that we're experiencing calling COVID, called COVID at the moment, where we locked down, um, highlighted for me how you can be, what we can be certain of at the end of this is that some way or another, we all have to begin again. Um, and it's stressful, change. We don't like change, we love being comfortable. So you, you faced that fear quite early, early on after your advertising and you said that you, you actually embrace the stress and you use it to drive you forward. What do you mean by that? How, how do you do that? Um, do you meditate? Um, is it just something that came naturally to you? How is it that the stress fuels you rather than drains you? Um, now you're making me think. Um, it's awfully early in the morning and far too cold. <laughs> uh, um, I, for, for me, I've just got to give myself space to let my brain roll. Um, meditation for me is quite a useful exercise, but, but doesn't really help me in, in that respect. Um, for me, sitting and have a cup of, having a cup of coffee is like a morning ritual, um, which helps me a lot. I, I go every day, I go somewhere for coffee. Wherever I am in the world, I stop everything and I go to somewhere interesting and I sit and have a cup of coffee with nothing to do. I just like... Just park off there and just like let my brain just freewheel a little bit mm -hmm. and then whatever's kind of like in my consciousness then might pop out i suppose in a way it's a bit of a lead meditation mm -hmm. um but but a whole lot less formal um and then things kind of pop out of my brain my brain's fairly it's a fairly busy place um mm -hmm. so i'm not short of ideas um but then i kind of i can dwell on those ideas Mm -hmm. And kind of think, you know, is it worth giving that a bit more energy? Is it worth trying it out? No. What about the other one? Hmm, how about this? Mm -hmm. How about a phone so-and-so and collaborate with them? Let me chat to this person, bounce an idea off them. It just gives me, gives me that little bit of free wheel space. And then I'm back into kind of running around and the kind mm -hmm. of, yeah. whole kind of thing of making art and whatever. Um, but giving myself a little break mm -hmm. to bounce the ideas around in my head is really really critical uh, yeah so you spoke about giving yourself space for your for your mind to freewheel um and i mean i love the fact that uh, coffee I, sp I speak of my own coffee experience is generally quite sort of fraught you know i want to get my coffee get a coffee and get out of there and to see the moment of getting your coffee and sitting down as a moment of meditation is is wonderful it's, it's something certainly that hasn't ever occurred to me is that you can sit down and meditate wherever you want in whatever way because um, meditation can be quite scary to some people because it's got rules and you've taken that whole principle and added freedom to it so that you've got the freedom to meditate every day with your coffee but that anyway that's what i'm interpreting what you're saying to me how does that how does that feel for you when i say that well, that, feel, that feels right yes strict meditation is a different process because that's about letting go of thought mm -hmm. and calming down the mind so i'm not going to have any great kind of creative inspiration in that space mm -hmm. that does it fulfills a different function mm -hmm. um the coffee is like a combination of stimulation um freewheeling um and calmness um and i can't do that in a coffee shop which doesn't which isn't conducive to it it's mm -hmm. got to have the right kind of energy and mm -hmm. feeling to it and also the right kind of people around okay um so there are there are particular spots around the city that i'll go to 
um, and that's mm. it. I won't I won't go to like a busy mm. chain coffee shop or whatever. Yeah. Um, I'm uh, quite curious to find out what those places are. No, the mind is um, Craft in Newtown, uh-huh. um, Home of the Bean in Mabineng. Um, um, uh, where else? The um, Folks Coffee Shop at Victoria Yards. Um, yeah, most of them tend to be around down the downtown area because yeah. I find downtown Joburg really stimulating and yes. yeah. um, and really calming in an upside down way. Um, yeah. Uh, so that's kind of the zone that I, I tend to hang out in. Lovely. Great. I must write them down. So Father, Father in Bramfontein is, uh, is an yeah, awesome place. It's a lovely place. I, I enjoy I've, I haven't been there for a while, but I enjoy it too. Um, James, just to, to, I think the next step for me is now you're coming up with these wonderful uh, free will ideas with your imagination. You're kind of letting it run free. I interviewed a, a fellow artist of yours, you may know him as Duncan Stewart, and in his interview, he spoke about imagination is wonderful, but until it's actually put into action, it doesn't become creativity. Um, you know, you, 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 an idea is simply an idea for as long as it stays in your head, but to manifest it into something solid like a painting or a sculpture, um, how do you take those ideas and move them into action? Um, because so many people, and I can include myself in that, have great ideas and they get, they get stuck with the idea and they don't move forward with it. Uh, and where do you find the courage to take action on your, on your ideas? My, my sense is it's, it's less about, about courage and like a big heavy thing like that. It's mm-hmm. more about a sense of when the idea can move. Mm-hmm. There, there's infinite ideas in the world and, mm-hmm. and I'm always kind of coming up with them but it doesn't mean they're all good ideas mm-hmm. um so that's where it helps to kind of have that bit of meditation or to bounce it off one or two people to see if it's worth pursuing because mm-hmm. i might think it's a completely fabulous idea but actually it's going to be a waste of time so mm-hmm. i'd rather bounce it around first and see mm-hmm. kind of how it lands with people mm-hmm. and if i'm getting a vibe about it then i'm encouraged and then i'll go forward so i might yeah. say say like i want to do a sculpture i'm doing doing drawings now of a sculpture of a of either a jackal or a bat-eared fox. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. So I've kind of done a half-baked drawing of both and they've been sitting on my table for two weeks. Mm-hmm. What I want to do is go and show them to a few people and say like, which one resonates with you the most? So mm-hmm. I might put it onto social media or I might ask a couple of friends, just like wave it around, you know, mm-hmm. what do you think? And people might go, oh no, we don't like either of them. Okay, mm-hmm. cool, well I'll go do something else. Or they might say, the bat-eared fox, that's really unusual, that's mm-hmm. my animal. I'm like, oh wow, people like them, they know what they are. <laughs> then, then I can then go down that road. So, so I don't see myself as working in isolation with an idea. Mm-hmm. There's a hundred ideas in my head at any time. Um, it's about letting them, letting them roll, testing them out, and then with the encouragement, then I go forward. Okay, and then she's going to get a free ass and do it. Um, yeah, absolutely, so yeah. It's a bit of a combination, but but the encouragement is important. And the encouragement can be very subtle. Yeah, I, I think what's wonderful about what I what you've given me now is that sense of um, being okay with asking yourself, "Is this a good idea?" You know, not "This is a great idea," and then sort of going headlong, regardless of what other people are saying. You kind of you hold on to these ideas lightly share them with the world. And what popped into my head was this image of fishing and you're propping your line into the water and you're seeing if anything bites. And the interesting thing about fishing is, is that you need to have a strong, well-developed sense of patience. (laughs) 
you know, and trusting the fact that the fish will bite or not, and you need to new, move to a new hole. So, and I'm glad I asked that question. Fishing, it also helps with fishing to have many lines in the water. Yeah, absolutely. And, you and never you, know which one's going to get a bite. Yeah, and, and also you said you've got infinite ideas and you just sort of throw them out there. And what I've really enjoyed about this conversation, because it's a step that I've struggled with, which is, um, how do you know this is a good idea? And essentially what you're saying is, is I actually reach out for help from my community, from my friends, from my family. And I ask them, what do you think? I don't hold on to it tightly, egotistically and saying, I am right and I will do this regardless. You, you really do put your hand up and say, please help me to find the right path to go. Um, that's what it sounds like to me. Yeah, it is that. I've, I've been the headstrong guy of like, I've got the best idea and I'm going to do it, whatever else. And I've been down that path many times. Um, and eventually I realized it actually doesn't really help because if I charge down with my singular approach to something, mm -hmm. it's just going to land in a place where it's only mine and doesn't connect with the rest of the world. So rather feel that out earlier on and that can then guide me. Yeah. It doesn't always mean that the feedback, of course, is correct. Like, I'll put up pictures in my studio, mm -hmm. and then I'll watch people when they walk around me. So, like, yesterday I was painting in the studio, and people are walking around. Mm -hmm. And I've got, like, one eye on them to see, like, what they respond to. So, like, if something catches their eye, what they say about it. Mm -hmm. Now, if they say they think it's fantastic, it doesn't mean it is. Mm. It just means it caught their eye, or they're maybe being polite. Mm. Um, or they might, I, I did a series of, which I'm still working on of body prints of naked people. Mm -hmm. And I put those up in a corner of the studio um, to kind of test them out in the early days of that, mm -hmm. that series. And people would avoid them. Mm -hmm. Now that doesn't mean that they're bad. That just means that people are uncomfortable with them, mm -hmm. which is okay. Because now that's provoking a bit of a response. Mm -hmm. So then I carried on with it and I did a big display of them and I filled the whole wall with them. Mm -hmm. And then people drew, were drawn right to them. Well, half of them were drawn right to them and half of them fled, mm -hmm. um, which, is, which is great. That's a very yeah. strong response. Yeah. Um, so it's not a question of yes and no. It's a question of, of reading it mm -hmm. um, and, and letting that guide me. Yeah. And that's become a really exciting series. So, so it's, it's worked. The, the yes. feedback did help me guide me. But what, what you've uh, illustrated to me is that sense of, and again, using the fishing analogy, is that patience. It's just put it out there and see what happens. But what's really profound and powerful about what you're saying is, is that you said, I keep an eye on them. So you are very much aware of what's happening around you. Even though you focus doing and whatever you're doing, you're allowing the universe and the, the world to say, you know, just give this a chance. Oh, geez, they like that. So it's that awareness that was, is really profound and powerful. I think because if you didn't have that, how would you know? How would you know if it was going to work or not? If you weren't aware yeah. of the reactions or the responses of the people around you. Um, and again, it's going back being, being comfortable. The fact that it's, it's just an idea. It doesn't define you. It's just an idea. And if mm -hmm. they don't like it, it's fine. I've got 10,000 others. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the same thing happened with, with the wilds that, you know, I've been working and working in the wilds and nobody would come there. And then I had this idea of doing the sculptures, but I was worried that, you know, I'm going to put a sculpture into a natural environment. Like that could be pollution. It's like visual yeah, yeah. pollution. I yes. could be creating mess. I could damage the trees. These are all like questions in my mind. 
So I thought, well, look, let me let me try it out. And I'll try it with owls because they're quite small. And if they don't work, then I can always take them down. Um, yes. And I put them in and, and they were hugely popular. And And then I watched people and I saw that they were actually too small because they wanted to take photographs of them and they couldn't with their phones. They couldn't zoom properly mm -hmm. up into the branches of the trees. Yes. So then they were standing on the plants to get closer to the owls to take a photograph of them. So now yeah. they're damaging the plants, yes. which now isn't cool. So now I had to now think of, okay, how could I take that same idea and make it work for taking a photograph and for social media? Mm -hmm. And so then encouraged by the response to the small owls, I then did the larger ones. I did uh -huh. then the kudu and the ostriches and things and they got bigger and bigger. And it ended up with being a five meter tall pink giraffe. Mm -hmm. But I wouldn't, I would never have started with the giraffe because I, I would have been wary to kind of just impose it onto the landscape yes. without understanding yeah. how people would respond to it and also yeah. how, how it would improve the landscape or not. Mm -hmm. um, so it took me two years to get from the owls to the giraffe mm -hmm. um, of reading and watching people's response to all the other sculptures. Um, and seeing how they improve the park and how they improve visitation, how they encourage people to spend longer to take photographs, to put those in social media, which mm -hmm. brought more people to the park, to delight kids, and all these things. Um, and now it's wonderful now as I can be like doing some yoga in the park or clearing some forest or whatever, and, and I hear kids screaming, mm -hmm. like like shrieking, you know, like like in stress. <laughs> but yeah. I know what it is, they're just yes. an owl. Yeah. <laughs> and they're calling to their parents to show them this owl. Yes. Um, so, so, you know, it, it works. Um, but it took me quite a while to figure that out. What I'm understanding you saying is that it's almost like the wilds, the park, the environment gave you the clues that you needed to move in, a, in the direction that you needed to go. Why have you stayed there so long? I mean, because there must have been times of difficulty and struggle and problems that needed to be overcome. I mean, what, and, and I will use the same question I asked Gerald Garner about Joburg. What does she give you that keeps you coming back despite the challenges that you've been faced with over all this time? Um, well, that's, this part is practicality that I live next door and yeah. I have a dog that needs a walk. Yeah. So, you know, I do get dragged in there by Pablo. Yes. Um, but also when, when, when you care for a space, mm -hmm. it becomes more and more part of you. Mm -hmm. um, so even now we can't get into the wilds. I'm like looking through the gate and looking through the fence, mm -hmm. checking on plants that I've planted, mm -hmm. checking on the erosion, checking on how the trees are doing, because I, it's become part of me. Mm -hmm. um, and even if I was to move far away, I'd still want to come back and check on those things. Mm -hmm. um, so I suppose the more that one invests in something, the more one cares for it. Okay. Um, and I'm sure the shriek of happy children running through a park that was once viewed to be a dangerous place to go must fill your heart with joy. Yeah, it does. Yeah, and there are lots of things that fill my heart with joy when I walk around. It could be that, or it mm -hmm. could be seeing a plant taking off that I planted in summer and didn't know if it would survive, and mm -hmm. there it is thriving, or one of the new aloes coming into flower now in winter. Or, there's so many things. Yeah. Um, and nature's a wonderful thing, and when you allow nature to flourish, it, it, it gives back so much mm -hmm. and it does surprising things. Um, so there's always discoveries for me when I go walking around there. And like anybody knows who's, who's got a garden that they care for, it's just this endless project mm -hmm. you know, that keeps on giving back to you but requires endless work. 
Yeah. And it's just, the yeah, it's just, it's just so much sweeter when you've put the, the, the effort in the work where you've overcome the problems and you've, and you've thought, I'm going to make this happen. I mean, cause Pablo dragged you there. Um, which yeah. is, which is wonderful. Um, James, just, I, I think this is a good place for us to start winding up. And that is, you know, as I said, the reason why I do this is because I think there are wonderful people out there that live literally down the street that have amazing lessons, um, for us to learn through the stories that they've had. Um, so I'm very grateful for your time and for what you've shared with us, but just, you know, during these difficult times, the transitions that we faced, what, if any message would you like to leave for those people listening to us to say, you know, when dealing with transition, change, um, challenge, you know, these are the basics that I fall back on. Are there any lessons, things that you've, fall back on when things get tough or when you want to go to the next level? Um, it's another big question for a cold day. Um, <laughs> I think to be open to possibilities. Uh, yeah, the, you know, things are changing around us faster and faster. And if we try to hold on to ideas that we used to have or a career that we used to have or a job that we used to have, it's not going to work out. Um, and even if it does work out for another couple of years, it's going to run out eventually. Um, and we all these days have quite long life expectancies ahead of us. And we're going to have to keep ourselves entertained for an awfully long time, which means that we've got to develop lots of interests um, and, and adaptability so that even when everything falls apart and nothing looks like it used to, um, we're able to to kind of get around that and, and think of something fresh. Yeah. So I think that capacity in our brains is there. We just got to, we got to feed it and allow it to, to grow. Yeah. That's, I love the, the use of the term entertain ourselves um, and keeping yourself open to possibilities, as you say, learning new things, um, accepting that things change and move and one should celebrate that, that, that sounds like a party to me. It sounds like um, a good way to entertain yourself. So um, James, if there isn't anything else, I'd like to thank you very much for your time. It's been a wonderful conversation. I'm hoping that this won't be the last time uh, because I've have a feeling I've got a lot more that I can learn from you. So James, thank you. Thanks Andy. Thanks for the nice chat. Please like and share, and uh, a subscription would be appreciated. It helps me uh, grow the podcast. It's something I love doing. It's really encouraging getting your support. Views and opinions expressed by this podcast are those of the authors and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of Three Seconds Ahead. Any content provided by authors of their opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything. While authors strive for accuracy, we can and will be wrong at times, as any honest person will have to admit.